Pacific Coast Church, Pastor Ashley here. Happy Sunday to you. Maybe you're joining us throughout the week. Maybe you're listening while you're on that jog or on a break at work. And whatever it is, we're so grateful that you decided to spend some time with us. We have a lot going on, and I want to make sure that you're marking your calendars adequately. Next Sunday, we will be launching small groups. So friends, if you are not a part, actively a part of a small group right now, make sure you head over to our website, pacificcoast.church. Click on small groups, scroll through that menu. Friends, there's all kinds of groups available, groups that meet and pray, groups that meet virtually for study or discussion, groups that meet according to hobbies, age groups, you name it, we have it. And so I want you to check that out. It's going to be super important, especially in this next season, that we link arms and that we grow in community. So powerful. One small group that I'm excited to lead starts this Tuesday. It is Women's Bible Study Book Club. It is virtual. It's at 7 p.m. We are reading Jackie Hill Perry's study on Jude, and that's available in audio form. It's available via her short video teachings, or you can just grab the workbook. We'll be talking through it together. I'm so excited to do this with you. If you have not already signed up, I need you to do that, or you won't be able to get the Zoom link before Tuesday night. So just text the phrase PCCWBS, just those letters as one word, PCCWBS. You'll be signed up immediately. This is going to be a powerful time to get to see your faces, ladies, again. I am pumped for it. Also, growth track. You know how important growth track is to us. As Pacific Coast Church, if you've never heard of Growth Track before, it's basically a class that we only have four short classes, right? And you can jump in and out of them as you need to. Each class coincides with the week of the month. So the first week of the month is step one. The second week of every month, step two, third and fourth. You see what I'm saying? But it's not just a class about Pacific Coast Church. In fact, there's only a very small portion that we cover concerning Pacific Coast Church. Really, it's a class about you. It's a class where you get to learn and explore some of the spiritual giftings that God's already put inside of you, your leadership style, um, maybe even just stopping, pausing, exploring the things that you really enjoy, the things that bring you life, and how you may able, be able to utilize that toward the kingdom of God. And so I wanna invite you, this is brand new for PCC. We are doing Growth Track in person. Hear me, in person. I'm going to be teaching it the weeks that I'm preaching. Pastor JF is going to be teaching it. And so we're excited to be able to do this with you finally again. So what it's going to be basically is we meet, obviously, 10 a.m. at Mount Tahoma High when we meet in person. And then directly after the service, we'll have a classroom set up. It'll only be about 20 minutes, but I promise you it will be worth your time. So if you've never signed up or maybe you want to do it again, I encourage you to do that. Go to our website, click on growth track, sign up that way. Super, super simple. Also, as always, we are praying every single week. We have Wednesday noon prayer via Facebook Live. And friends, can I tell you that God really is moving. Sometimes we don't take a second to really share some of what God's doing. 
And I wanna do that right now to encourage you. Maybe you have a prayer need that you haven't submitted. Can I encourage you just text the word Pacific to 84576 and it will take you directly to a link and you can submit it online or you can go to our website, pacificcoast.church, submit your prayer request there. God is moving. In fact, not long ago, it's only been a few weeks. Um, a couple months ago, Miss Tveter, maybe some of you guys know Miss T, she is amazing and she told us that it was okay to share that she has been battling some health concerns. She called me up, let me know that she would be getting testing and wanted all of the team, all of the prayer warriors of PCC praying, praying, praying. She had multiple tests coming up. I saw her a couple weeks ago and she said, Pastor, I have to tell you how things are going. And I said, yes, I want to hear. Give me an update. We have been praying. And she said, I was going in for a biopsy on a mass that they found in my body. It was a rather large mass and it had really concerned us. And she said, I was going in for a biopsy, but before the biopsy, they had to do an MRI to detect the actual edges of the mass and figure out exactly how it needed to be biopsied. She said, I was preparing myself. I was so prayerful, trusting that the Lord would help me manage even the pain for, with the biopsy, all of that. She said, Pastor, I went in for the MRI, laid there. When I got done with it, the doctor came out before the biopsy and I expected the doctor to explain to me exactly what we were gonna be walking through. And the doctors came out and they said to Vitor, we don't know how to explain this. We don't know exactly what to tell you except for we just did the MRI. We looked at multiple films to make sure that we were correct and the mass is gone. Friends, I gotta tell you, our God still works mightily. He still works miracles. And can I tell you that part of that prayer request still isn't over. At the end of the day, we are still praying for Miss T to make sure that every part of those health concerns are remedied and that she is healed entirely. But man, that is a boost to my faith. I hope it is to yours that God's already answering. And I gotta tell you, he is no respecter of persons. What he is doing for Tavider, he will do for you. So friend, I just wanna encourage you, submit that prayer request. Let us agree together with you. Our faith combined is exponential in power. And so I wanna invite you to do that. If you've never submitted a Connect card, you can do that online as well. Also by texting the word Pacific to 84576. But God is moving. And I am so excited. Also, another thing for your calendar, October 23rd. We are so excited to do baptisms. If you have never been baptized or maybe you wanna get re-baptized because God's doing something brand new in your life, I wanna invite you to sign up for baptisms. We're giving you quite a bit of time. Again, it's not until October 23rd, but we're doing that so that you can make plans and preparations. Maybe you wanna invite friends. Maybe you wanna invite your entire family. This is a time of incredible celebration. It's one of my favorite Sundays, and so I am so excited for that. Make sure you sign up. 
online on the website if you want to be a part. So right now, I want to give you a second to really lean in. I use that phrase a lot because so often for me, if my little ones or even my husband, if they're saying something in a room where there's a lot going on, a lot of noise. How many of you know that we live in a noisy world? Our lives are full of noise. And so often when the ones I love are speaking to me, if I can't hear them very well, what do I do? I lean in. I lean in toward them. And so right now I want to give you the opportunity to pause for a second and lean in. Ask the Holy Spirit, Lord, what are you saying to me this morning? What are you saying to me this afternoon? Maybe you're watching it at a different time. What are you speaking? Lord, not only through this message, God, but just by your spirit, nudging, nudging hearts. Maybe it's a response. Maybe it's you filling out that connect card. Maybe it's you being willing to sign up for a small group. Maybe it's you submitting that prayer request. Maybe it's you giving for the first time or giving above and beyond. Maybe that's something that you haven't done all summer. I gotta tell you, summers are chaotic and everybody's going every direction. So maybe the Lord's saying, hey, what you didn't give this summer, now's the time. Whatever it is, friends, I just invite you to lean in. This whole obedience thing is never about us earning God's love, he already gives that to us freely. It is about walking out an active trust in everything that he's instructed us to do. And so I just wanna thank you for your giving. Even right now, we're making preparations. We're still so, so jazzed to be able to be partners with Mount Tahoma High School. Like you already know, you've given over 400 backpacks, you've given USB ports, you've given computer chargers, you've helped facilitate an amazing lunch for the staff and employees of Mount Tahoma High. And now, I've talked to Pastor Angie yesterday, we're working on being able to feed their football players. A lot of those players, even with all of their athletics, don't always get nourishing meals. And so they do a meal for these football players every single week. And we're excited to be able to even partner and help with that. So we are being the hands and feet of Jesus right here in our community, but we're also being that globally. And that's, as most of you know, we're giving back. We're sending out 12% of everything that you give. Why? Because we know God's called us to go into all the world and preach the gospel. And this is part of how we do it. I don't know if you follow lots of organizations on social media, but I love following some of the organizations that we give to. I love following World Vision and seeing what our giving is doing around the world. I love following World Relief and seeing what our giving is doing with refugees and all of these major crises around the world. I love following Brave Global. I love following, there's all of these organizations. And this is what your giving is doing. Yes, in the very school that we meet in, in person, and even giving, to families in our actual church community that are in need, that benevolence, we are excited to do that, but also globally. 
And guess what? We as the church are called to all of it. And so I just want to thank you. Thank you for leaning in. Thank you for hearing from him. Thank you for prayer, for direction and vision for Pacific Coast Church every single step. JF and I are not called to do it alone. Pastor Angie and the team, we're not called to do it alone. God is calling all of us to link arms and walk this together. So I want to thank you. Thank you for leaning into his voice, to community, to trusting him in every way. Let me pray for you as you prepare to maybe text the word donation to 84576. You can give online at pacificcoast.church. You can go to your actual um, bank online, your online banking, and set up bill pay to pay Pacific Coast Church, P.O. Box 66026, Tacoma, Washington, 98467. You can do that easily, set up reoccurring giving. I personally love doing that so that it's taken out of my paycheck immediately before I touch anything. Whatever it is that you're wanting to do, I bless you in your trust, not of us, but of the Lord. And we're so grateful to get to do this with you. Let me pray for you. Lord, I thank you that you don't call any of us to do any of this alone. That you, God, chose to operate in and through all of us. And that's some of what I know JF is gonna talk about today. Us as the church, what the pictures that you give us, Lord, what that even means. So Lord, help us right now to lean in to being that, to being that representative of you, Lord, to everyone around us in our families, in our local community, but also around the world. God, we don't take that lightly. We are so honored. So bless God, my friends, my PCC family, as they prepare to lean in and respond to everything that you're speaking. We love you, God. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Well, hi, friends. Welcome again to Pacific Coast Church. Pastor JF here, and I'm just so excited. I'm grateful that you decided to join us right here today, Church Online, wherever you're tuning in from, whoever you're with, or maybe even you're by yourself, however you got here, thank you for joining us today. Hey, it's almost officially fall. Can you believe that? I mean, it's a brand new calendar season just around the corner. And so with that, I mean, we're back in full swing here at Pacific Coast Church. And if you're anything like my family, you're, you're probably getting your rhythms of life dialed back in, right? I mean, maybe you got kids, kids are back in school, maybe you're getting a bit more refocused on all the different responsibilities that we all have, whether that's work, maybe it's your studies, maybe, I don't know, maybe you're exercising more, you're getting your nutrition back in. Back. Hey, listen, we're all back in that headspace, right? So that's really a good thing. So so with, with those realities in motion, it's also a great time of year to like look inward, to put emphasis on your spirit and soul as well. And this is a great time of year, if you're a Jesus follower, to just take some time and revisit some of those foundations of our faith and to maybe reacquaint yourself with those things that you say you stand for, the things that you, you say that you believe in, and even, put, even, even the things that you practice. And, and here's the deal. Maybe you're watching and you say, Jeff, I'm not a follower of Jesus. Well, first of all, off, thanks for tuning in. Man, you're, you're so welcome to be here, and I'm just so honored that you are here. But secondly, this is a great time of year 
to find out what Christianity really is all about, some of the tenets of the faith. And so thanks for being here today. So with that, today and for the next several weeks, we're continuing our series simply entitled Foundations of Faith. We're going to spend some time looking at subjects like the importance of, com of community. Community is so important as a believer. We're gonna take time, we're gonna talk about why communion and the church of Jesus really should be priorities in every believer's faith journey. And if you recall, last week, uh, I, I talked a little bit about the power and the necessities of prayer. And I said it last time and I'll say it again. For some of you, this content that you're about to hear, maybe... Maybe you'll, hear, you'll be hearing it for the first time. Um, for others, maybe this is the time to revisit some of these tenets and, and really that you're already flourishing in, in, in your life. And then there's others, maybe, maybe, maybe it's a deal where you, you had a general idea of some of these things, but now it makes even better sense. So today, uh, I want to take some time and talk about the subject of, of the church, right? The church. Now, uh, there, there are two things that my eight-year-old son Fulton loves. The first, the first thing he loves is all things gaming. In, in particular, there's a game uh, that's out right now that he's really into called Minecraft. So he's really into video games, but he's also into Legos. So a while back, my in-laws scored huge because they got my son Fulton a gift that was Lego's Minecraft theme. Oh yeah, like two birds, one stone, right? So Fulton saw that Minecraft Lego set and lost his mind. He was so excited. So it wasn't even a minute and he had dumped the box uh, onto the table, the kitchen table. And so we, we pulled the directions out. And of course, the picture of what it will be is right there on the front of the box. Yeah, you can't even miss it. And so Fulton looked at the box and then all the pieces, and he said, so this is supposed to be this? And, and Ashley and I were, were just sitting there with him, and we were, we were like, yep, that's, what it's, that, that's the plan, you know? And he said, hmm, that seems tricky. I said, yeah, it's not easy uh, or, or super quick, but you have to put it together, and, and slowly it becomes that, you see? He said, okay, how? And I laughed and, and said, remember, there's instructions right here. And he said, well, I can't read all the words yet. And his mom said, I know it makes it easier because they give you step-by-step -step pictures. See, the, the pictures help us know how the bags of pieces become what we see on the box. And of course, he said, oh yeah, right? And so today, I want to talk about the church. And when I say that, I'm talking about the family of God. And one thing that we preach and talk a lot about particularly recently as we see such division within the church. I mean, like the, 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 the church of Jesus, the, the conversation and the practice of unity seems so hard. It, it seems like, especially over the last few years, so many within the church of Jesus has lost sight and have put more emphasis on politics and tribalism and parties and ideologies to the point where it's divided so many within the church. And from my experience of late, and from my point of view, it seems as though we still look at the idea of having unity in the church right now, like we're into it, but we think, but how? 
Just like Fulton, we're looking at so many pieces fractured and scattered all over. And yet God is calling us to be in complete unity. And even if we so badly want it, if, if we're honest, we don't have a clue of how to get there. And just like the amazing world of Lego, God himself has given us a book with pictures to help us. Did you know that scripture gives us three distinct illustrations for the church to help us understand what it should look and look what it, what it should look like and how it should operate? And so with that today, I want to look at those three pictures to help us to get a little a, a little to, to get a little closer to this biblical unity that God has called us to, all right? So if you have your Bible, if not you'll see it on the screen. Look at this in in, in 1 Corinthians Paul here, he's writing to the church in Corinth because they were dealing with kind of similar issues as we are today. And here's how he explains it to them. Check this out, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, starting in verse 12. It says, Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is part of it. So the first picture that we'll talk about that scripture gives us for the church is number one, write this down, the body, the body. Now, at least once a week, if our schedules allow, Ashley and I, like we love to simply walk the Chambers Bay Loop together. It's just like our thing. For, for, for those of you who don't live in this area, Chambers Bay is a public golf course and park that's right on the water of the Puget Sound and has this amazing paved walking loop around it that's little over three, three miles and it's, and it's beautiful. And, and, and we love to walk it together and just talk and process. And so a while back, we were walking it and talking about the conversations we've been having with people. So many people, I'm telling you, are frustrated right now. And, and, and I'm not just talking about one or two. I'm telling you, we've had so many conversations with literally dozens of people that are frustrated with other individuals in the church and, and, and feeling all the division in the global church and, and feeling like they don't know how to do life with people who don't see certain things exactly the way that they do. So we were out there and walking and we we're, were just discussing how, how to even talk about this idea in a, in a sermon setting. And, and I even think I said out loud, but how do we help people understand this and not only how important it is, but how to go about doing it? And with that, we came upon this, this stick in the walkway, a physical stick. And I got to be honest with you, Ash, my wife, um, she, like she shared this before, but in preparation for this presentation, I told her I had to use it because it's such a beautiful illustration. So we, we came up on this stick in the road and Ashley had the thought, I should move this. If, if someone comes through here on a bike and doesn't see this in time, it could be really dangerous. I'm, I'm like wipe out or something. So, 
So, so thinking and deciding that it needed to be moved, watch this. She stepped on the far right, of, uh, the far right side of the, of, the, of the crooked stick with her right foot. And as that made it pop up a little, she snagged it with her left hand. And then she tossed it into her right hand because her, her right arm is a, is, is a little bit stronger than, her, than, her, than the other arm. And then she widened her stance with her, with her left foot and she chucked it out of the way. And of course, I watched this happen in, in real time. And I was like, dang, girl, you got skills. I mean, it was cool to see. And in that moment, as she's told this story before, she felt like the Holy Spirit spoke to her, like told her, that's it. That's it right there. You say, what are you talking about, J.F.? What I'm talking about is if we can start to see that the body of Christ, us as the church, is supposed to function as an actual body with Christ as the head giving us the mission, right? The word of God and the flesh telling us what we are to be doing. And then the rest of us being a body part, all working toward that mission, then maybe we wouldn't be so concerned with having this exact same perception and vision since we all have different roles. Let's take it to that specific moment on that pathway that Ashley and I were walking on. Ashley's head told the rest of her body parts that the mission was to move that stick off the pathway. But each body part had a different role in that mission question is why? Because each body part has a different function, a different strength, and a different vantage point. How absurd would it be for her hand to want her foot to grab the stick? Her feet can't grab hold of sticks. She's not a chimpanzee, right? Her foot is too busy holding her up and walking but it can step on one end of the stick so it was easier for her hand to grab it. Do you see what I'm trying to show you here? Listen, so often, so many people spend so much time upset that other parts of the body don't see the mission or assignment exactly the way that they do. But what if we stopped caring about that and instead started to look, start, we just started to look at how they might be serving the mission themselves from their own vantage point and their own experiences, their own strengths. And how if we recognize and value that and value the relationship that one part of the, bar, the, one part of the body has to the other, then it might make the overall assignment that the head, meaning Jesus, has given all of us that much easier. Can I tell you that this is exactly what Paul says here? Can I tell you that? Re read it with me. Let's start with what we just read. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, starting in verse 12. Let me, let's re-examine this after that illustration I just gave you. Look what it says. It says, just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Now, if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, stop being part of the body. 
And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you, or, or, or I don't need your perspective, and, and, and I don't need your strengths, or I don't need your experiences. And the head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. Let, let, me, let me phrase it this another way. What the Lord is speaking to you doesn't matter to me. <laughs> what you feel and what you think don't matter to me. What if it all has a place? It's almost as if Paul wants to reiterate this. Like people are looking at him and saying, what are you talking about, Paul? So he goes further. Look at verse 22. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. Don't miss that. Scripture says that the parts of the body, a.k.a. the church, that some might deem unnecessary are actually the most important. They're the ones you think you can toss aside, but you cannot live properly without and the body cannot do the body cannot do his mission without them he goes on and i would say verse 23 and the parts that we think are less honorable we treat we treat with special honor you see that the stuff that you want to dismiss because it's uncomfortable might actually need more attention I feel like I need to say that again. The stuff that you want to dismiss because it's uncomfortable might actually need more attention. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty, while our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lack it. Verse 25, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. Have what? Equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ and each one of you is part of it. Wow. Listen, my prayer is that this sinks in for all of us. When our brother and sister have a perspective or a vantage point that is different from ours, maybe it's for the benefit of the head's mission. How do we know if they're our brother and sister? Because their mission is his kingdom. That first picture of the body is so important and it's written multiple places in scripture. You can read the exact same message in Romans chapter 12. Go read it. You can check it out for yourself. It's powerful. Paul talks about the different giftings and reiterates this point. Romans 12, starting in verse 4, it says, Just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, 
So in Christ, we, though many form one body and each member belongs to all the others. Listen, we have to remember the picture of the church as the body, the body. Write that down. That was the first thought. The next, the next picture that I want to present to you is um, of the church is number two, the building. The building. So we have the body. Second, the building. Ephesians 2, starting in verse 18, says this. For through him, we both have access to the Father by one spirit. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members, members of his household. Aren't you grateful for that? Built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief corner stone. Verse 21, in him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you two are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. So we are personally temples where the Holy Spirit dwells, but he, is all, but he also is building us together as a temple or building or dwelling place for the Spirit of God to reside in, to, to reside in through all of us, right? We're in this together. This idea of being built together, it's so interesting. And honestly, it's counterintuitive in our culture. And I see this, I see the wrestling with it even in my own children. My, my son Fulton's playing in his second year of organized soccer, and he's actually pretty good at it. But last year, when he started for the first time ever, we found out about the opportunity kind of late. So there were only a few days to prepare him. So we got a little uh, mobile net, you know, goalie, goal net for the backyard. And we got him a ball at Walmart, you know, and some, some cleats. Uh, and, and, and I reached down into the wealth of soccer knowledge that I possess, which is, of course, you know, next to nothing. <laughs> and, I, and, and so I taught him how to kick the ball and maybe I, I taught him how to dribble a little bit. And I went on YouTube and I found some fun drills. And then we all tried to score goals on each other. Oh, yeah. The whole family was in on the fun, too, because I needed help. And, and, and the deal was... We felt like we had done a decent job of preparing him, but we didn't think about the differences, the difference in dynamics that comes with playing on a team. I was a witness to him figuring out and internalizing it. And at the first scrimmage, I'll never forget it, I watched him as he went from just trying to shoot all the goals himself to realizing that he was just one on a team and that that meant that it was about the team more than it was just about him. That he belonged to that team and that the mission was for them ultimately to work together and that that mattered more than him just trying to shoot goals for himself, all right? There was a moment when his coach was giving him instructions that I saw like the proverbial bulb in his head light up. I, I watched him move, move from just trying to kick the ball himself to thinking about who he could pass it to and ultimately how the team played as a whole. This is, this is a beautiful picture of the Church of Christ. Can I say that I feel like too many people in the global church see this life as an individual sport? Like somehow we haven't been recognizing that not only are we a body, but that the Lord said that we are to continually be built together. 
And in 1 Peter, 1 Peter covers what being built together doesn't look like. And, and it says to rid ourselves of it. Look at this. 1 Peter chapter 2, starting in verse 1, says, Therefore, rid, under, underline that, rid yourselves of all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander of every kind. Like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation now that you have tasted the, that the Lord is good. As you come to him, the living stone rejected by humans but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood. See the picture here? Offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. This passage, it goes on to tell us that we are a royal priesthood and a holy nation. Now, we love quoting that part, but so often we conveniently forget about the first part, that we are to rid ourselves of the stuff that divides us and allow the Lord to build us together. And I, and I think the reason we have such an issue with that is it, it, that it's, it's the process of, of being built together. It can be messy. It, it can be super uncomfortable. It's not always fun. It's not always pretty at all. And not only did these, these stones have to be excavated, sometimes having to be fully cut out of the place where they were formed. Are, are, you, are you tracking it with me? But that's just the beginning of the process. But then they had to be cut and chiseled and sanded to the shape that would best support the place that it was needed. This, this happened to large and it happened to small stones. And I, and I think that's the part we tend to resist. We, we don't mind the idea of excavation. We love that God chose us and plucked us from where we were and that he, that he wants to use us. But the shaping part, I don't know about that. I don't like the pruning, right? Lord, that can be painful that sharpness of your word, Lord. I, I didn't want that part cut off in my life. And using other stones to sharpen or smooth me, really? Do you see the picture here? Ephesians 4, look at verse 25. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor. Remember, remember truth, but truth and love. For we're, we're all members of one body. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness. That's a hard one. I'm just being honest. Get rid of all bitterness and rage and anger, and brawling and slander along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Now listen, I just said it. No one said it would be easy. But it's possible because of what Jesus did for us. And, and that's our last picture, all right? So number one, the body. The body. Stop seeing your brother or sister's perspective as wrong and see it as possibly being another vantage point that you wouldn't even think of without their being a part of the same body, right? Secondly, the building. This isn't an individual mission, friends. 
God has called us to be built together. We cannot show people who God is if we simply operate on our own. And, and the shaping part isn't easy. It's not always fun, but it's necessary and for his glory. And, and, and more importantly, you really can do this. I, I know it seems impossible, but the Lord has made a way. And that's the last picture. And that is number three. Write this one down. The bride. The bride. In the spirit of full disclosure, let me be completely honest with you and tell you that for me, this is the weirdest picture. It's the hardest for our culture to understand and hardest for me to preach. I'm just being honest with you. You see, most of you know that in this time, women were typically treated as little more than property. They were traded and bought and sold and discarded in ways that we don't talk about much in the church. And if you study the scriptures in their context, politically and culturally, you'll find that that the way Jesus treated women and the way the Bible writes about women was scandalous. It, it, it was so offensive to so many because it gave women an equality that very, very few in that time were okay with. In fact, many of the scriptures that are weaponized against women even today, even now, are pulled out of that context and misunderstood in this same way. Most people don't realize that what Paul wrote in Ephesians 5 wasn't to belittle women and put them in their place. Instead, it was to counter the teachings of Aristotle that were circulating in that time. Aristotle only addressed men and spoke about them as total rule over their wives without any conversation about equally serving or loving them at all. And so when you read the passages, understanding that in its context, it changes everything. Yes, Paul addresses wives submitting, but only after he tells us to submit to each other. The, the fact that he even mentions women in the conversation was so upsetting to so many, so many people in power. Message me if you want to read more about it. I'm telling you. But think about that role of women in that day and then the idea that the Lord decided that he would use the illustration of a bride. So, someone who in that time wasn't looked at as much more valuable than what she could be purchased for in livestock to show us that not only does he want us, but he was willing to pay his entire life for us. He was willing to give up heaven and live perfectly here on earth and then die for us, taking all of our sin and all of our shame to make a way to be with us. So my prayer is that he blows all our minds with the revelation of this today. Paul articulated, articulates it in this way, Ephesians 5, starting in 25. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Please don't miss that. Christ loves you so much, even in your flaws, even in your missteps, that he gave himself up for you to bridge the gap. What gap? the gap that our sin created. 
And because he gave himself for us on the cross, we can now stand before him holy. And what's so funny is for some reason, while I was writing this message, every time I would go to type bride, like that word bride, I would accidentally type bridge. And, and, and part of me wonders if that was the Holy Spirit just reminding me over and over that this picture really is, it's really all about Jesus making a way for us. Just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Go back to verse 26 here. It says, to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the, through the word and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemishes, but holy and blameless. Friend, I know that everything we're, we're talking about seems impossible. I'm just being honest. The idea of unity in this season seems entirely unreachable. But Jesus has made a way. And I don't say that generically. He made a way through the washing of his word. That, that, that's, a, that, that's a picture of us allowing the word of God to saturate our lives in a way that the old stuff washes away. And, and we look more and more like him. And through the power of his spirit, inside of us, we can walk this out. Maybe you're like me and you sometimes have, you just have trouble starting. Maybe you're thinking, okay, yeah, uh, I wanna do all that, but how do I even begin? This is where we can all start. Allow this word to wash over you today and to take root in our hearts. Look at this text, James, as we, we, we wrap this up. James 1, 19. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen. Oh man, that's rough. Slow to speak, slow to become angry because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. There's our first action steps right there. Quick to listen, not quick to respond, not quick to post, not quick to assume, quick to listen, slow to speak, slow. Stop before you speak. Pause before you post. Take time before you text back. Slow. This isn't JF's words. This is, you. This is the word of God. And also slow to become angry. Maybe you practice pausing and asking yourself why that thing made you so mad in the first place. Maybe you just need to search your heart concerning your anger. Too many times we aren't angry because of godly things. Most of the time we're angry out of our own selfish motives. Look at verse 22. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says, meaning make a decision to practice this even when it doesn't feel like what you want to do. Verse 26. Those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues deceive themselves. And their religion, look at this, their religion's worth, it's worthless, dang. That'll preach. I'm preaching to myself this week. This is why the world isn't interested in Christianity. This is why so many walk away from the church because we don't have a rain on our tongues and it's keeping us from the unity that God's called us to. Again, we're called by God to unity, friends. Not just unity, but complete unity through Christ and because of Jesus and, and him giving everything for us, it, it really is possible. 
So number one, the body. We are one. What, 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 what if you're a hand and you see the foot stepping on the stick? Before you scream at the foot, stop and ask if the foot's vantage point and strategy might actually also be working toward the great grand mission. Right? Secondly, the building. God's calling us to be built together. It's not an individual mission. It's corporate. Don't, don't refuse to be shaped, whether it's by the sharp nature of his word or if he's using other stones to do it. And then the third one, the bride. We, we really can do this together. Not, not because of what we are, but because of what Jesus did for us. He, he gave everything to bridge the gap between what we are and what God is calling us to. And, and, we, and will we be willing to allow him to work in our lives the way he desires? My friends, this is an introduction, if you will, to what it looks like to be the church of Jesus Christ. And it's much uh, easier said than done. Living this out is a daily, daily process. Because here's the reality, humans are broken. Uh, and we hurt each other and we do things and other things because we're weak at times end up taking priority and, and all these things happen. But we have to remember what Jesus has called us to. And I wanna pray for you today. Maybe you're watching online and you say, JF, pray for me right now. I, I, I feel so completely isolated. I feel disconnected. Uh, maybe you're watching and you are a part of a uh, religious experience. Maybe it was a church. Maybe it was a, a community that you were raised in. Something happened in that process and it hurt you and you walked away from the church. You walked away from community of God, the body of Christ. I want to pray for you too. Maybe you're here today and you say, Jeff, pray for me. I, I'm battling. I'm dealing with all kinds of hurt, all kinds of rejection, all kinds of, of, of maybe it's addiction issues. Maybe you just feel like you're just wrapped up in all kinds of, uh, uh, for a picture of like bondage, if you will. I want to pray for you today. Maybe you're here and you say, Jeff, I want to, I want to accept Christ in my life. I want to take that first step. Let me just pray for you right now. Lord, I pray for my friend watching it. If that's you, just say a prayer something like this. Lord, I believe in you. That is the requirement, if you will, to salvation. Belief in Jesus. I believe in you. Come into my life. Forgive me of my mistakes. I want to walk with you. Begin to heal me. Begin to lead me, direct me, guide me. Thank you for who you are in my life. And God, right now, I pray for those of us watching that are believers. Maybe you're um, disillusioned right now with the state of the church. Maybe, um, you, you, like me, you walked through this last couple of years and, and you experienced that division within inside the church, maybe because of politics or uh, tribalism or, or just trying to get around people that only agree with you. I mean, I'm telling you right now, whatever it was, uh, you, you feel, may, maybe, maybe you've lost relationships within the church because of 
these types of things that we're talking about. And you say, just pray for me, Jay. I want, I want, I want to do what the Lord has called me to do. I'm, I know I'm supposed to be in community. I know I'm supposed to be a part, but I, I, out of maybe hurt, maybe out of whatever it was, fear, out of anger. We just read all the passages of scripture that said, get rid of all of these things. Maybe, maybe some of those things that, that the New Testament talks about getting rid of, those things are in your life right now. Maybe it's bitterness. Maybe it's rage. <laughs> maybe it's malice. Maybe it's hate. Maybe it's whatever it is towards another person. Come on, I want to pray for you today because I, I, want, I want to be totally honest and upfront with you. I, I, I have experienced all of those things as well. And I'm a work in progress just like you are. I admit it. But not only can we do this, we can do this together, not in our own strength, but because of the Holy Spirit working and healing and directing and bringing peace in those moments of anxiety and anxiousness and maybe even anger. Lord, I pray for my friends watching right now that are already followers of you, that are dealing with dis disillusionment, that are dealing with uh, overwhelming anger towards their experiences, maybe recently, maybe 20 years ago, uh, that maybe happened to them or somebody else within the church and they were like, I'm done with this, God. We've all experienced some level of that. I pray that for my friend watching, that you would do a, a work in their heart, begin to heal them. God, I pray that you would bring people around them that maybe have had similar experiences that they can, that they can um, process with, that they can heal with, that they can be there for each other, hold each other accountable, walk, be, be someone that they can lean on. I know I have a handful of people like that in my own life who have helped me even through this last season of lots of pain and lots of hurt, lots of um, anger. I thank you that you've brought people like that into my own life that have been a, 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 like a healing balm, a healing agent, if you will. And God, I know that you've worked through them. So God, may I be a person who reciprocates that to somebody else who's dealing with these same emotions and experiences that I've had within the church. And may this, may this be like a, uh, you know, it, it, it begins to work through other people in, in other ways and, and, and a real healing would take place within the church. Let it be so. I thank you for every person watching. Bless them today. Thank you for who you are and what you're doing in this season of, of our church, PCC. In Jesus' name, amen. Man, I love, love, love getting to talk about what scripture, what the Lord says about us as the church and having a better understanding of what all of that means. Friend, we just wanna invite you. There's just one step we wanna invite you to, and it's texting the word Pacific to 84576. We want to resource you. We want to reach out to you this week. If you have prayer requests, you can submit them there. That is your way of easily connecting with us. Why? Because God's called us to do life together, right? As his body, as his bride, as his church. And so we wanna invite you to do that. You are not in this alone. You were never intended to be any part of this alone. You have us that we would love to be able to link arms with you. 
And as always, we create questions for our small groups, but you can use these individually. But really, we want to invite you next week. Like I mentioned, we are launching our fall small groups. Make sure you check those out on our website. Make sure you look through all of them. Maybe you want to sign up for a few of them and see which one gels with your schedule, which one you click with. Uh, with these questions, we invite people to have discussion. We invite you to chew on all of the nuggets that were shared in the message and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you individually. Maybe you want to write them out. Maybe you want to call a friend and chat with them about what God is saying. And so get your phones ready. You can take a picture. You can screenshot if you're watching on your device. And they'll also be listed in the comments below. Number one, what have your experiences of unity within the church been? What does being the body of Christ mean to you? Number two, God has called us to be built together. Do you find it easy to work together with people or is it a challenge for you? Why do you think that is the case? Number three, Jesus calls the church his bride. How does that description affect how you think about your life and your choices? Those are great questions. Friends, as always, we want to hear your praise reports, your prayer requests. Also, don't forget, starting October, the very first week in October, I will be teaching Growth Track. Make sure you sign up for that. It's going to be in person. So join us in person at Mount Tahoma High, 10 a.m., and then Growth Track happens right after. We'll even have snacks for you to carry you over before lunch. Also, Tuesday, Tuesday night, Women's Bible Study Book Club. Club. Join us. Text the phrase PCCWBS, all one word, to 84576 to sign up now and make sure you're submitting your prayer requests online. God's doing some big stuff. We're so excited to be able to do it with you. We'll see you ladies Tuesday night. Everybody else, Wednesday noon prayer on Facebook Live. Have a great week.